Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. Tell me once again why I got on this roof. I chalked that up to bad life choices. In the toughest city in the world, nobody fights crime like these guys. Uh, somebody call 9-1, holy <laughs> And then there's the other guys. Stop humming that song. We know, we know. All the gunfights, all the car chases, all the sex we don't want to have with women, but we have to, all do to what you guys do. And we do it again and again. Hey, 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 if I want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm and work your mouth like a puppet. Peace out. Real, real characters. You stopping me? What? I think you're a fake cop. I hear a guy who's probably a little insecure. All units, we've got a possible jumper. We all know you're in a very dark place right now. I'm gonna do it! You're feeling as if sweet death is your only release. Oh, we got a second jumper! Oh, look, he's flying! Hi. Who are you? I'm his wife. It's a ball and chain. Oof. Come on, seriously, who is that? I am a real cop. I'm working on a huge case. You're coming with me. <laughs> it's a wooden gun. Oh! Listen up. We need your cooperation. Run! We are doing a lot of property damage! Oh, cool, a helicopter! Where'd you learn to drive like that? Grand Theft Auto! I want to do good cop, bad cop. I come strong, and then you come in. Got it. I want to know everything now! Hey, wait, wait, I'll talk to you, you're reasonable. No, no. You want to talk to me? I thought you said bad cop, bad cop. I am a peacock! You gotta let me fly! Pick another bird. Peacocks, they don't fly, Terry. They don't, do they? Just let them have it, Captain. The other guys. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to cover the movie The Other Guys from 2010. The studio was Columbia Pictures. The release date was August 6, 2010. The running time, 107 minutes, with the rating of PG-13. The budget was $100 million, and the box office took in $119 million, making it the 21st-ranked movie of 2010, and that is domestic gross. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 78% fresh from 203 reviews. Their critics' consensus is a clever parody of cop buddy action comedies. The other guys delivers several impressive action set pieces and lots of big laughs thanks to the assured comic chemistry between Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Roger Ever didn't bother to give a review to this, so we have Peter Travers from Rolling Stone give his review, and he gave it 3 out of 4 stars. And here's his review. Take a plot about two NYPD detectives who sit on the sidelines while other cops get all the shootouts and glam headlines. 
kick it up a notch by casting Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg as the losers who stumble into the big time, spice with a little giddy action from the script by Chris Henchy and director Adam McKay, then sit back and laugh your ass off. I did. Farrell McKay scored with Anchorman, Talladega Nights, and Step Brothers, and with Henchy, they started the influential comedy website Funny or Die. That's Hall of Fame funny, right there. And the other guys are flying on Comic Helium. Okay, the balloon loses altitude from time to time, but Farrell and Wahlberg are a comic riot. Farrell is effortlessly uproarious, and watching hard-ass Wahlberg in his first starring shot at a farce shake his sillies out is not to be missed. Catches double and triple takes when the wife Farrell claims to be embarrassed by turns out to be the crazy sexy Eva Mendez. But there I go giving away the jokes. Don't let anyone spoil the wildly hilarious surprises. Farrell and Wahlberg will double your fun, guaranteed. And that's the end of his quick review. So as I mentioned a while back in the Buddy Cops movie episode that we did, uh, the genre can be really well done. You know, think about Lethal Weapon. Or it can be terrible, like Stop or My Mom Will Shoot with <laughs> Stel Getty and Sylvester Stallone. Uh, but in any case, the other guys, it's a parody of the good buddy cop movies. And there are times when the film tries to be a little bit somewhat serious and attempt to tie things into the Wall Street crash of the late 2000s. But that's definitely not the draw to this film. Uh, I appreciate the effort to push something through osmosis, but if you're paying attention, it sort of comes off like eye-rolling propaganda for the meme culture and the pseudo-intellectual college students who think they really know something. In any case, I didn't see this in the theater, but definitely loved it when it was released on DVD. And as Travers stated, the back and forth between Farrell and Wahlberg is terrific and has led to multiple films of them teaming up. So let's get into the main cast. You, of course, have Will Ferrell, who plays Alan. And Ferrell became famous because of his long tenure on Saturday Night Live starting in 1995. But movie-wise, he appeared in a few supporting comedic roles. But it was really 2003's Old School that broke his film career when he played Frank the Tank. And after that, he was the go-to comedic actor. You think about it. He was an elf, anchorman, wedding crashers, Talladega Nights, Blades of Glory, Semi-Pro, and Step Brothers. He pretty much owned the 2000s for comedy films. Mark Wahlberg plays Terry, and most celebrities could not pull off a career transformation like Wahlberg has. He went from being a Calvin Klein underwear model to kind of a hacky hip-hop artist. Remember Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? And now he's a well-respected actor and a big box office draw. You've got to respect that. Film-wise, it was 1997's Boogie Nights that really kick-started his film career, and he's never looked back. Eva Mendez plays Sheila, and she is one of the most beautiful actresses of her era. Her film career really didn't take off until the movie Training Day with Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke, but some other notable movies leading up to the other guys she was in is Too Fast, Too Furious, Hitch with Will Smith, and Ghost Rider with Nicolas Cage. Michael Keaton plays Captain Gene Mock, and as I mentioned on the Mr. Mom episode, Keaton was one of the top comedic actors in the 1980s, but his 1990s career wasn't as successful as his 80s heyday, but by the 2000s, his appearances really tapered off. However, his great supporting role in The Other Guys, it probably likely helped put Keaton back on the map, and he continues to appear in strong roles today, which is great. The director is Adam McKay. He began his career directing on Saturday Night Live, which is how he met Will Ferrell. His directorial debut was Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, which was absolutely hilarious. And then next was Talladega Nights and then Step Brothers. This was almost like the comedic version of having De Niro and Scorsese together, you know? 
And as Peter Travers mentioned in his review, McKay co-wrote this film with Chris Henchy. All right, let's just get right into the movie because we do have a lot of guests at the end of this podcast. The Blu-ray that I own has both the theatrical version and the unrated version included. And for the most part, my thoughts in this episode will be about the theater version. But I will include at the end uh, a little bit of what was included in the unrated version. But really, it's it's more extended scenes and uh, more vulgarity, which would make it a rated R movie. And actually, it kind of changes the movie... Uh, completely. They would definitely not have been given a PG-13 rating. So it's kind of up to you what you want to take it as. Sometimes less is more. So at the beginning, you always see Gary Sanchez Productions. That always appears for Will Ferrell movies. And this is the production company founded by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. And it's named after a fictional Paraguayan entrepreneur and financer, Gary Sanchez. So the movie starts with a voiceover from the one and only Ice-T. And then immediately cuts to two super cops, Highsmith and Danson, played by Samuel L. Jackson and Dwayne Johnson. I wonder if Highsmith was a, a nod to a Hightower from Police Academy. Bubba Smith, you know? The scenes are essentially a parody of all the buddy cop movies from the past. It's They're insane shootouts, amazing car chases, tons of explosions. One at a time, all right? Yeah, detectives Rick Grayson, New York Observer, online... These suspects were caught with only a quarter pound of marijuana, a misdemeanor in some states. Do you think this arrest was worth $12 million in property damages? Why don't we let New York City answer that question? The greatest city on earth, yeah! Hi, uh, Sarah Capone from TMZ Print Edition. Uh, Danson, are the rumors about you and Kim Kardashian true? No comment. But yes. <laughs> Dancing and high smith! Free hot dogs! For life! No drinks! So while Highsmith and Danson are superstars, Alan, and that's Will Ferrell, and Terry, Mark Wahlberg, are at the bottom of the barrel in the ranks of the cops on the force. I love Rob Riggle and pretty much everything he's in, and he's top-notch as a supporting actor in comedies. Like this gem chiming in about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dancing in Highsmith, shoot, drive, and sex with style. They're rock stars. Then you got your jokers, your ball busters, your vets, and the other guys. We know, we know, we know. All right, all right, all right, all right, listen up, listen up. We're having a celebration tonight at Butter. Brody Jenner's gonna be there. By Ling, that little short bitch from Jersey Shore. Yeah. And. Most of you are on the list. Yeah. You're the best. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to say something right now. It's about a man who came from Austria with a dream. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, let me finish. He became a champion and then a movie star. Arnold and, Schwarzenegger. God damn it, let me finish. They ruined the story. They ruined the story. All right. I, look, the, what, the point is, we couldn't do our job if it weren't for you guys doing all the paperwork, answering the phones, all that stupid shit that we don't like to do. All the gunfights, all the car chases, all the sex we don't want to have with women, but we have to all do to what you guys do. Thank you. And we do it again and again. Hey, 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 hey you shut your face. If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet. You hear me? You hear me? Cash bar. Yeah. Yeah. Peace out, bitches. The other gem is having Michael Keaton back doing comedies, playing Captain Gene Mock. And so I'm watching this, I realized that I've heard that name before, and of course he's named after the old 
Major League Baseball manager from the uh, Los Angeles or California Angels at the time in the 80s. Because as it turns out, Will Ferrell is a California Anaheim Los Angeles Angels fan. So in any case, Allen is a paper pusher who loves to do the non-glamorous parts of the job like filing reports. Terry, on the other hand, wants to be like Highsmith and Danson, kicking some ass. Terry can't stand Allen and can't believe he's stuck with him as a partner. You know what I just did? I just walked out that door, saw a couple detectives, and I was about to start badmouthing you behind your back. But I stopped myself because my pops taught me that a man who talks behind somebody's back is a coward. Wow, I actually appreciate that. Good, because I'm going to tell you directly to your face. No, you don't have to. No, I don't like you. I think you're a fake cop. The sound of your piss hitting the urinal? It sounds feminine. Mm -hmm. If we were in the wild, I would attack you. Even if you weren't in my food chain, I would go out of my way to attack you. If I were a lion and you were a tuna, I would swim out in the middle of the ocean and freaking eat you. And then I'd bang your tuna girlfriend. Okay, first off, a lion swimming in the ocean? Lions don't like water. If you'd placed it near a river or some sort of fresh water source, that makes sense. But you find yourself in the ocean, 20 foot waves, I'm assuming it's off the coast of South Africa, coming up against a full grown 800 pound tuna with his 20 or 30 friends, you lose that battle. You lose that battle nine times out of 10. And guess what? You've wandered into our school of tuna and we now have a taste of lion. We've talked to ourselves. We've communicated yeah. and said, you know what? Lion tastes good. Let's go get some more lion. We've developed a system to establish a beachhead and aggressively hunt you and your family. And we will corner your, your pride, your children, your How offspring. How are you gonna do that? We will construct a series of breathing apparatus with kelp. We will be able to trap certain amounts of oxygen. It's not gonna be days at a time, but an hour, hour 45, no problem. That will give us enough time to figure out where you live, go back to the sea, get more oxygen, and then stalk you. You just lost your own game. You're outgunned and outmanned. Did that go the way you thought it was gonna go? Nope. Oh! 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 So from that last scene, Terry threw coffee on Alan, by the way. <laughs> so part of Terry's issues stem from an incident in which he accidentally shot New York Yankees legend, who just recently made the Hall of Fame, Derek Jeter. And here's Terry's group therapy session. I popped two of them off the draw. Bang, bang. Yeah. And I raise up to take the leader out. Oh, shit, I feel like I'm there now. I hear a whistle. My partner's on the roof. He says, let's even the odds! He tosses me down a Mossberg pump. I send one through his chest. Game over, bitches. Jimmy, let's talk about how that story made you feel. Like my cock was made out of concrete. <laughs> I know, it's very tempting. You want to impress your friends, but this is serious stuff we're dealing with, okay? This is firing your weapon in the line of duty. Officer Hoyts? Oh, man. Come on. Here we go. Good. Would you like to share? No, I'd rather not. Officer Hoyts, you've been coming here for six months now, and you haven't said a word, okay? This is a safe room. No judgment here. Jerk off. Okay, that's judgment, Jimmy. Come on. I relive it every night. Bronx, October. Game seven of the World Series. With all the marbles, high pressure, unruly crowd, and I pull tunnel duty. 
When I saw a shadowy figure in the tunnel, I told him to stop. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a restricted area. Finally, I pulled my gun, pulled the deadly weapon, and started running. Don't make me shoot, I'll do it. Are you deaf? You hear me, you'll freeze? You dick. I'm Derek Jeter. You shot me. You cost me 20 grand on that game. Douchebag. Cost the city a championship. I was being groomed for a top position in Homicide, and I'm stuck with a desk jockey partner. Everybody calls me the Yankee Clipper. Because you shot Derek Jeter! He's a biracial angel. You should have shot A-Rod. <laughs> the greatest line from all that, you should have shot A-Rod. <laughs> so Alan is so naive that he falls for the old desk pop. Yo, paper bitch. <laughs> What's up, man? Hey, hey, guys. Paper bitch. Paper bitch. I don't like that, actually. I know you guys think it's fun, but I don't like that. So we're going to uh, dance in <sighs> Highsmith paperwork? Uh, no, actually, actually, that's... What is this? Guys, it's uh, stupid. Illegal permitting for construction. Ah. Specifically scaffolding. Some of the guys were talking. Uh, they were like, how come you never fired your weapon in the office before? Good point. I'm sorry, I, I don't follow. You've never fired your weapon in the office. We all have, you know. It's called a desk pop. Fellas, look, I, I know you don't respect me as a police officer. Not true. I'm not stupid. I'm not Bro, going to discharge on, my firearm in the office. Gamble, listen to me. I'll try to make it real clear. We yeah. honor the flag, and you crap on it when you don't shoot your gun in the office. Jimmy, when's the last time you had a desk pop? September 08. Be a man. Do this now. Please, please do it. Pop one off. There you go. Pop it off. Don't think, just Don't go. Think. Here we go. Do it, yes. Oh, oh. 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 Shots fired. Hey, Terry, I did, I did my first desk pop. It's a real thing, right? A desk pop? Yeah. No, that's not real. They were so convincing in their argument, they swung me. <laughs> All right, Alan, you're going to have to hand over your gun. Yes, sir. Captain, you really want to disarm this guy? Take out the batteries in the calculator. All right, I'm going to give you this. This is a dummy gun. I use it for ceremony. Yeah. You get this back when I feel you know how to handle it. Listen, guys, I'm working two jobs. I'm working here. I got another job at Bed Bath & Beyond. Okay? I'm doing that just to put a kid through NYU so he can explore his bisexuality and become a DJ. Now, the last thing I need is a ballistics report in the unit. I'm just going to ask you guys, please, come on, really. Just think about it. Just be smart. So already we're in the movie and the dialogue is just hilarious and it doesn't let up the whole way through. Danson and Highsmith end up jumping off a building thinking they were going to land on a bush trying to catch a few ziplining criminals. There goes my hero from Foo Fighters plays during the jump scene. In any case, this gives the uh, other guys a chance to step up to the plate and become the new super cops. Well, well, well. What do we got here? Look at these two jamokes, would you? One shot Jeter and the other shot an office. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> Have some decorum. We're at a funeral. Shh. You want to dance, bro, Leo? Huh? I will rock your body with big, nasty hooks. You'll be pissing blood out of your ass. That's horrible. Why don't you step back, man? If you touch him, I swear to God, I'm going to beat the shit out of you with Alan's head. He's not going to do that. That's hyperbole, but that's a weird example. You want to go? I want to go! Get him. Kick his ass, man. Yeah, how do you like that? That's my fucking death hole. Pull his hair. I love it. Oh, that hurts so good. Very sorry for your loss, man. It's a lovely hat. I love your shoes. It's fine. It's fine. Go, go. Yeah. Push him on that. Oh, man. Little baby. Do it. Do it in the hood. Push him on the move. I'm the winner. I'm the winner. Everybody saw it. What the hell's going on here? Two good men are dead. And you guys are fighting over who's going to be the next hot shot, huh? 
Is that what's happening? Yes, that's exactly what's happening. Let me tell you something about those guys. They knew they'd become a good cop. Yeah, to solve cases. Okay, okay, and maybe you start with the Castian robbery. Okay? So just watch it. Next time, me, you, library. Not even close. Come on, guys, guys. You are. I'm the winner. I didn't need you to stick up for me, okay? I could have handled that myself. Yeah, don't flatter yourself. Partner's code, I had no choice. So Rob Riggle is partners with Damon Wayans Jr. And they're great together. I love the quiet fight scene. Terry has to always convince and mostly strong arm Alan into taking calls. Of course, unlike a badass cop, Alan drives a Prius. The hell is this? It's my car. It's a Prius. I feel like we're literally driving around in a vagina. Detective Hoyts and Gamble are on that 518 on East 10th. Negatory, Martin and Fossey, two minutes out. We'll just see who's there first. You stay out of our crime scene! You hear me? Go, go, go! You feel that, Alan? Huh? That tingling in your balls, big metal butterflies fluttering around your stomach? Are you sure you don't have testicular cancer? I got something to get you going. Let's go do some damage. Nope. What the hell is that? LRB, Little River Band. This music makes me feel like I'm going shopping for a training bra. You know what? We'll go with no music, okay? Say bye. No, 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 don't say bye. You just signed your death warrant, Hoyt! Alan, punch that accelerator or I'll shoot you in the foot. America! Alan! The brake! Oh! Just slowed the car down! We're pushing the crime scene! Okay, I'm coming in. Dude! Did you yell America when you hit the accelerator? Nope, no, no. I never actually put my foot all the way down to the ground with the accelerator like that. I got me slightly aroused. Here we go. Way to put your stamp on the crime scene, guys. <laughs> Prius, huh? Yep, yep. Good mileage? Oh. Outstanding. Yeah. Did this come with a dental dam? <laughs> Get it? <laughs> My suburban shit one of these last night. I didn't know they put tampons on wheels. <laughs> We've had our fun, huh? Looks like Scarface sneezed on your car. <laughs> all right, everybody. I'm gonna need y'all to back up now. We're taking over. At the crime scene, LOL. Good tweet, yeah, good tweet. Thanks. You don't think I'm a real cop, do you? No, I don't. I've said that directly to your face numerous times. I was really honest about that. Work on a huge case, all right? Property owner with seven buildings under construction. He hasn't applied for a single scaffolding permit. Now, according to Ask Jeeves, this perp is at the Plaza Hotel speaking right now. That's your big case? Scaffolding permits? Yeah. Guess what? You're coming with me. <laughs> it's a wooden gun. Oh! I'm hurt, man! I've always got Little River Band loaded up here. I got six discs in here. Hey, I got you a gift. I just saw something and I, I thought of you, and so I don't, I don't want it to be weird. I just want it to be nice. But of course it's weird. It's a grown man giving another man a present. There you go. Open it up. It's okay. You're welcome. I like to do things like that. Take a look what it says. 
<laughs> FBI, female body inspector. You know, because we're both in law enforcement, uh, we both like women. But hey, I got a weird sense of humor. I'm a, I'm a sick puppy. I can't look at it. it makes me laugh so. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Real nice, you know? It's all class. Okay. Don't do that shit anymore. Yeah, believe me, I won't. Do you understand what's so funny about it, though? Because it's the FBI. Right? It has the same logo, the same shield. And at first glance, you're like, oh, it's just in a mug that says FBI. But, but then at second glance, you're like, F female body inspector? Get out of town. This is outrageous. Shut up! climb over that anger wall of yours one of these days and it's going to be glorious. Shouldn't you tell Mock that we're going to uh, check this place out? Always have the little river band. <laughs> Love it. It's just little things like that that makes this movie so priceless. So, there is a plot going on here, but frankly, this movie is all about the gag, so I'll likely ignore the plot for the film and stick with the gags. I do talk to Samantha during this episode, and she actually remembers the plot, so you'll get it from her. <laughs> However, uh, quick little synopsis, Anne Heche and Steve Coogan do have scenes that involve the plot, but it's up to you to watch the film to see if you're really interested in that part of the movie. So then comes one of the funniest and most memorable scenes in which Terry meets Alan's wife, that's Sheila, played by, of course, Eva Mendez. Mendez is just drop-dead gorgeous, and Terry is completely dumbfounded about how Alan ended up with her. It's a great bit, and the way Farrell treats the relationship like it's no big deal makes it even more priceless, along with Wahlberg's indignity. Hi. You must be Terry. I'm sorry I've been hiding, honey, but this dinner was tricky. Oof. Who are you? I'm Dr. Sheila Gamble, his wife. Come on, seriously, who is that? His old lady. Sweetie, it's a workstation. Got it. And you come in here dressed like a hobo, it's distracting. I know you're working. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Come on, seriously. Come on, what? Who is that? It's the old, uh, it's the old ball and chain. Get over here. Mm. Not, not right now. Okay. Look, they're not all first-round picks, okay? Come on, are you going to tell me who that is? Are you really Alan's wife? Mm. I know. People are shocked because he's Episcopalian and I'm Catholic, but somehow it works. <clears throat> are you going to change? Ooh, I already did. It's no big deal. You look really, really nice. Terry, you don't have to be polite, okay? She looks kind of shitty. Don't speak to her like that, Alan. Look, if I put that in my Cosmo fashion app, you, you probably get a D minus. Oof. Alan and his apps, he loves them. You know, he's designed three of his own. One of them, can I, can I tell him? Mm -hmm. One of them. You can take a picture of anybody's face, and I'll tell you what the back of his head looks like. Face back. Face back. I've got some horrible reviews coming out of the gate. It's going to hit. It's going to catch. Yeah. Why are you with Alan? I mean, that, that's not what I meant. I meant, um, how did you guys meet? It's a really typical how we met story, Terry. You're going to be bored by it. I was a dancer for the Knicks while finishing my residency at Columbia Hospital. Alan came into the ER with poison ivy on his rectum. Yes. Needless to say, I fell for him immediately. We immediately uh, spent the next three days at the uh, La Quinta Inn. Mm -hmm. 
And to be honest, we didn't speak. Three days of not communicating once verbally. We had actually, uh, without knowing it, had developed a, a language of eye flutters and uh, non-verbal gestures. You know, Terry, it was just this primal connection. Mm -hmm. After those three days of non-verbal communication and a whole lot of loving, I had to go to a specialist to get my hips realigned. Similar to uh, operating on a German Shepherd uh, when they have uh, hip dysplasia. Mm -hmm. Very painful. It's funny, it's, it's like a scene from that one movie, mm -hmm. always forget the name of it, uh, with Meg Ryan. Yes. I don't remember a movie where Meg Ryan meets a guy with poison ivy up his ass. I'll think of it, okay. I'll think of it. So what about you, Terry? Do you have a girl? I did, yeah. We were supposed to get married, but she backed out. It's complicated. Mm. Terry shot Derek Jeter. Shut up, Alan. This is before. That's okay. Ah, she's got mail. That's the name of the movie. That's it! Oh. Honey! With Tom Hanks? Mm -hmm. Right, and Meg, Meg Ryan. Ryan. He didn't have poison ivy up his ass. Oh, yes, he, yes, did. he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way up there. Well, Terry, can't thank you enough for coming by. What a, what a wonderful, lovely evening. Thank you. So, so nice meeting you, Terry. It was my pleasure. Thank you. And remember, all I ask of you is you don't let him get hurt, Terry. She tells me that every day before I leave. Yep, I do. I come downstairs and I make him his fresh cut strawberries. And I say, listen, my little sugar balls, whatever you do today, you just don't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, every morning. And then I show him my breasts and I say, these, these are waiting for you when right. you get back home. You know, Terry, they're, they're not the biggest breasts he's ever seen, but man, are they not, not by a long shot. perky. And they are firm and they are yours. You're a nice lady. Oh, thank you for coming. Detectives Hoyts and Gamble. Detectives Hoyts and Gamble, over. Go for Hoyts. We found your red Prius. Great. Was trying to vote for Ralph Nader. Come on. Okay, sugar balls, listen up. There's gonna be fingerprints in that car, and tomorrow we're gonna run those fingerprints through the system. If we get a hit, this case gonna heat up faster than a junkie spoon. You do one thing when you wake up tomorrow. Bring it. Thank you, Sheila. Oh, he'll bring it. Good night. Good night. Thank you, Sheila. Bye, Terry. Bye, Sheila. I'll never forget tonight. Bye, Terry. All right, Alan, whatever. Go inside. Bye, Sheila. Bye. See, you, see you, Terry. Bye, Sheila. I don't know if you heard me. Bye, Terry. Bye, Sheila. Here's another hilarious scene where Alan's Prius is found. These lines are priceless. Well, here she is. They left her under an overpass for the night. Did you find anything? Yeah. We found a lot of stuff. From Bodily fluid and hair samples, we determined that a bunch of old homeless dudes had an orgy in the car. Oh, God. Yeah. You know what that's called when they do that in there? It's called a soup kitchen. It's pretty rough stuff. Not long after that, a mama raccoon came along and gave birth on the floor. Oh. Placenta blew out all over the back window there. Jesus. Yeah, and then to top it all off, some joker comes along, takes himself a nifty little dump in the driver's seat. I think he knew you guys were cops because this is what I would call a spite shit. You were able to determine all of that from the hair and fluid samples. Oh, yeah. What about fingerprints? You find any fingerprints? Nope. Couldn't get a one. Found a cell phone. Yeah, that's mine. Any signs of a struggle or spent shells? No. Believe me, everybody that was in on this orgy was more than willing. In fact, they even left you a note here. Thanks for the F-shack. Love Dirty Mike and the boys. And then we meet Alan's ex, Christineth. <laughs> who is also super attractive, which is the main theme here, as Terry again goes insane. I waited for you in Tower Records for four hours. That was 13 years ago. Beep, 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 beep. 
Arnold Palmer alert, Arnold Palmer alert. Who wants some Arnie Palmies? <laughs> Sweetie, this one has the vodka right here. Pal, just place it down, please. Alrighty. Oh. Oh. I did things in bed with you that I haven't done with anyone since. <laughs> no. Christina, your husband. It's, it's oh, awkward. no, he knows all this. You're a lucky dog. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christina, this is a lovely house. It's Christina. Are you stupid or are you deaf? Christina! You idiot! You come to our house, you get my wife's name right! What? Christina! Look, we really appreciate the hospitality and uh, we'd just love to get the message off your cell phone. We, we believe it might give us information regarding a kidnapping. Okay, um, why don't you come to the kitchen and I will let you listen to it and okay. everyone else stay here. Okay, sweetie. <laughs> oh, there's my phone. Oh, great. Thank you for being so Mm. You probably think because of the beard that I'm really hairy, but uh, I'm not shaved. Alan! What? Ah! Alan! Alan! This is police evidence, Terry! Let's go! Hey! You get back here! You make love to my wife! I just do not get it. I mean, that girl Kristen was seriously hot. Your wife is crazy hot. I mean, even that Brazilian security chick, she threw you a doomy vibe. What is it with you and hot ladies? First off, my wife is cute, but she's not hot. Dude, you're insane. Your wife is scalding hot. Do you want to listen to this message or not? Hey, whatever. You have one job, mate. Find a sucker to invest with you so you can pay my boss back the money you lost. And I don't care who. Right. I actually think I've found a sucker Talking to, to invest 32 billion. Who's got 32 billion dollars to run? Uh, once I get the money, I'll falsify the records to show their massive losses and then repay your employer. Now, since you're following me, I need to go to 2300 Park Avenue and then after that, 400. I told you it wasn't a security team. He was being abducted. Obviously, but what kind of. Holy Nobody shit. Nobody leaves our house! Go! Him? Yeah! God! Mind. Go! Nowhere! Holy this shit! This is 20 miles! Go! So then we get to see Terry's jealousy of his ex-girlfriend, which translates to another hilarious scene at a ballet studio. What the hell are you doing? I'm dancing, Terry. What the hell are you doing here? I love you, Francine. If you were with me, you wouldn't be here in this strip club shaking it for dollar bills. This is a ballet studio, Terry. Okay, these poles are horizontal. He loves you very much, Francine. Who is this guy? What are you doing here, Alan? It's the code. I'm your partner. I'm here to support a friend and a work colleague. Francine, is this guy bothering you? Who's this, your new boyfriend? Great, you got a new boyfriend. He is my dance partner, Terry. 
Okay, I know that this is a big surprise, but there are other things in the world besides being a cop, okay? Now, if you will excuse me, I'm gonna dance. You don't think I can do this shit, huh? Surprisingly good, Terry. I love you, Francine. You don't know what love is. He loves you very much, Francine! I, I heard it when he said it, thank you. You know what you're doing to me? You're killing me inside. And don't eyeball me, man! You run around with this crack dealing drug addict! Terry! He's not does not approve of your behavior! Can you please go? And you two, creepy guy standing in the door? Let's go, man. I think we all experienced our own ballet today. Ballet of emotion, feelings. You're kind of making things worse. So Terry's ex, Francine, is played by Lindsay Sloan, who is also very funny in the 2010 comedy She's Out of My League. And then the boys almost get blown up. What accounting firm is closed at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday? Oh, this is a shithole. I love bombs. I can't hear! Uh... I can't hear! There's blood blisters on my head! Oh my god, how do they walk away in movies without flinching when it explodes behind them? There's no way! I call bullshit on that! When they flew the Millennium Falcon outside of the Death Star and it was followed by the explosion? That was bullshit! Don't you damn bad mouth Star Wars! That was all accurate! I need an MRI! I need an MRI! I've got soft tissue damage! There's no way I don't have soft tissue damage. I just want to go somewhere and breastfeed right now. What are you afraid of, man? I'm your partner. You can tell me. What the hell are you hiding from? I was a sophomore in college. The university I went to decided they needed to raise tuition. A classmate of mine, Brenda, in an effort to raise money and stay in school came up with a nifty plan where she, she thought she'd date guys and, and charge them money. I go on dates all the time with a whole bunch of, you know, boys and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I kind of need somebody to help me out. Like, you know, my partner in crime. Yeah, I could make a, I could make a schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Provide transportation services. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. Thanks so much for asking. She said she needed my help to make sure that the dates went okay and that the, the guys paid her. She said she'd give me a percentage. Oh my god, you were a pimp. What? God, no. No, I was just trying to help a friend. Well, we started making a lot of money. And wouldn't you know it, some of Brenda's girlfriends decided they wanted to be a part of it. Pretty soon, there were about 14 ladies that I was protecting while they gave me money. That's called the stable of horse. We decided I shouldn't use my real name. So we came up with the name Gator. I'm telling you, you were a pimp. No. Are you even listening to the story? Anyway, one day I wake up and I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see. I mean, I, I had gotten out of control and I, I didn't even realize it. I can't have a conscience in the pimp game. One night, two of my favorite girls, Candy and Jolene, said, we gotta take you in. They dropped me off at the emergency room. That's where I met Sheila, I was a mess. I made a promise to myself and to her that I would never get out of control again. So as soon as I graduated from college, I became an accountant for the police department. 
the most stable job I could think of. An accountant for law and order. I just don't want to ever feel out of control like that ever again. Don't worry. I got your back. The pimp scene is priceless. Seeing Farrell's outfits as Gator is tremendous. The name Gator was actually based on a pimp character from the 1974 film Truck Turner. So Terry and Alan try to find out more about the case they're on, but they keep falling for ticket bribes, and this is where we get full-on Farrell in this scene. Gentlemen, you have a choice. Mamma Mia or Jersey Boys. Damn it! Did it again. No more tickets. Mr. Urshan, I tried to keep them in the waiting room. That's okay, Susan. Uh, two glacier waters with Mediterranean lines. No, no, no. No more water. We're not here for that. Oh, I was very much looking forward to having the water. How great is Jersey Boys? It's not great. It's fantastic. You totally undersold it. The pageantry, the costumes. Wow, what a musical. Hey, get over here. What's wrong with you? What? It's not what we're here for. Right. Give it to we're going to do good cop, bad cop. Okay? It's the oldest game in the book for a reason. It works. I come strong, then you come in. Yeah? I come strong, then you come in. Right. Well, then got it. Now, you listen to me, you piece of shit. It's just you and me, and I'm going to rip you apart. How did you cover your losses up? Huh? What drug cartel are you working with now? Okay, well, well I'll, I'll talk to you. You're reasonable. No, no. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk to me? Yeah. No, 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 no. Alex, what are you doing? I'm going to make you eat a plate of human shit. Get away from me. Look, I'm really sorry about that. I just, uh... I saw how aggressive you were being, and I thought, wow, I gotta go even bigger than that since we're doing bad cop, bad cop. What? No, I said good cop, bad cop. I'm the bad cop, you're the good cop. Okay, then there it is, that's it. I, I thought you said bad cop, bad cop. Oh, well, you were going crazy. Look what I snagged from his desk. I think it's his phone sheet. Oh, nice. Seven calls to the lottery office. And then we get the return of Gator as Alan takes his bad day out on Sheila. These braised short ribs taste like a dog's asshole. Sweetie. You know what? I'm sitting here thinking, who in the world would slow roast a dog's asshole and serve it to their husband? You would. You are being awful. What's wrong? Captain took us off the case. Oh, I'm sorry. I told Terry about my, my dark days in college, and it, it brought up some feelings. Well, honey dick, that was a long time ago. You're not that same person you were. Get it, there is a darkness inside of me. It wants to get out, it wants to walk around. It wants some walking around money, and it wants to buy some shoes, and it wants to it wants to walk up with the people and say, hey, Gator don't play no shit. You hear you feel me? Gator never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. Oh, sweetie, I'm sorry. It's okay. I just remember that night we met? The attending physician told me we got a drugged out pimp in the back. And I went back there and I pulled open that curtain and I saw you. You were weak, scared, ass up, inflamed, crying. At that moment, I knew, hey, 
He's no pimp. Pimps don't cry. Pimps don't cry. Pimps don't cry. No, they don't. They don't shed a tear. Pimps don't cry. They never shed a tear. Come lay with me, be safe, and let's make love. Come on. Every time you say be safe, it tears me apart. You gotta let me be who I'm gonna be. Ellen, I'm pregnant. Whose baby is that? <gasps> Who's the man who did that to you? Gators bitches better be using Jimmy's. <gasps> I'm sorry. See, that's what I'm talking about. Oh my God. You need to leave. Get out! And if things couldn't get any worse, Dirty Mike and the boys return. <laughs> I don't know if a junkie can go down a 20-story zipline. How you fellas doing? We're about to have us a little screw party in this red Prius over here if you want to join us. No, you're not going anywhere near that Prius, okay? Here's what we're talking about. We're talking about a bunch of hobos with fingers in each other's pooper in a stranger's car with talk radio playing really loud. It's going to be a nice evening. Well, we're not participating in that. We have no interest. Let me rephrase it. We got a jar of old mustard, and we got a poodle, and we're just gonna get in there, and we're gonna put some D's and some A's. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? How you know who we are? You left a note in that car. Police shithead. He's a copper. We gotta go. Come on! Hey, goose it, boys! You're cops! Rub your dicks on the car as you run away! You turned my beautiful Prius into a nightmare! We are gonna have sex! But then it's time to put on your big boy pants and deal with the building jumper. What are you doing? We just handed all of our evidence over to the bad guy's lawyer. Are you a big man? Huh? I'm talking to you! What? You wake up in the morning, you say, I put on my big boy pants! Look, I'm wearing a belt! I got big boy pants on! Stop! We don't, we don't do this! You're scaring the shit out of me, man! Stop it! This is how you conduct yourself? In a democracy? What the hell are you doing, man? I'm so tired of you getting angry and, and yelling all the time. It's exhausting. I feel like I'm partners with the Hulk. You want to know why I'm so angry all the time? Because the more I try and do right, the more I screw things up. We've got a possible jumper at 3 World Financial Center. 23rd floor. All units. Fire department en route. SEC. Beeman's office. We have to go. But the cab... We have to go. All units, I need a respondent. Possible jumper, 3 World Financial Center. <laughs> Oh, he's got to know something. Wesley! Detective Hoyt's a gamble. We got this. I took an online class at University of Phoenix on negotiating. I'm going to need a priest and a bullhorn. I got no bullhorn. Does anyone have a bullhorn? Bullhorn, anyone? Chuck. Oh. Hey, police business. I need to use your PA system. Okay, let me turn it on. 
Mr. Beeman? They don't. Mr. Don Beeman. Wesley. I don't watch on Wesley's. Look, there's a lot to live for in this life. A lot of great things, like uh, soda pop. Big, fresh can of soda pop. They do not care. Give me this. Give me this. I know how to talk to him. Listen. We all know you're a scumbag, and nobody cares about you. That's worse than what I was saying. I'm not going to lie to you, Don. People down here are starting to murmur that you don't have the balls to do it. I don't care! Yeah. I say you can do it. I mean, I mean, I don't want you to jump and say you have the capability. Oh, look, he's flying! So I love that Terry has a Cobra movie poster in his little apartment. Uh, speaking of Cobra, check out the amazing episode with that movie I did with uh, Keith Rochford. All the while, Captain Mock is working his side job at Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> we got a big day out there. Big one. We've got a full moon. People are going to be amped. All right? Let's see what we got on hot tips, all right? Whoa. The new bath mats are in. <laughs> one more thing. we got a serial rapist in Crown Heights. I... Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. That's from my other job. Ignore that. Forget that. Well, don't ignore it. If you live in Crown Heights, uh, you know. Walk in pairs. Gene Mock to kitchen accessories. Gene Mock oh. to kitchen Kay. accessories. I gotta go. Go get him. Let's be careful out there. One more thing. Do me a favor. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Was that accidental or were you trying to quote TLC on purpose? I don't even understand the reference. You don't understand what you said? I don't know what that is. Get out. Go. Oh. All right, then you do us proud. Because I don't want no scrubs. Really? No. You're not aware that's a TLC song? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's you said chasing waterfalls, now you're saying you don't want no scrubs. I haven't even understood the reference. It's like a tick. I have no idea what you're talking about. Remember, this thing gets messy, we never talked. You can trust us? Real quiet. You gotta creep. Creep. Come on. You don't say creep, creep unless you're quoting TLC. Hey, let me tell you something. As far as paperwork goes, we'll take care of it. Okay. Now, why? Why? Ain't too proud to beg. Come on. What? It's not funny anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not trying to TLC references. Still, nothing. I swear to you. I'm going to go over and check on Terry. Okay. Oh, I got a bad knee. Hold on. There you now it's time for the boys to step up their game yet again, and we have a nice use of the White Stripes song, Icky Thump. Quiet as a church mouse, in and out. I can feel that tingling in my balls you were talking about. Beautiful. All right, listen up. I'm Detective Gamble. This is Detective Hoyts. We need your cooperation. David Urshan. You're under arrest for fraud, embezzlement, and in connection to the murder of Don Beeman. Bad idea. Hey, guys. Bob. What are you doing here? I'm investing. Do you remember we talked about that proxy vote a while back? This is what it was for. Holy shit. It's a more aggressive investment strategy for the pension. Alan, we're the suckers. They're targeting the police pension fund. Gentlemen, you're here illegally and without a warrant. We are within our rights to take action.
So the plot plays out a little more, but again, it really doesn't matter for this movie. I want more jokes, and we get it with Alan and Sheila here. Hello, Alan. Hello, Mama Ramos. What are you doing out here? Sheila says she doesn't know what happened and she wants you back. She also says... Yes. She wants you on top of her, holding her hair and riding her like a bucking bronco while Uh she sucks your thumb and says, Mommy likey. You you tell your daughter. He said he'll always love you. And he's so happy that you're having his child. Alan. He also says that he wants you to stare into each other's eyes without blinking while you do it. I love when we do that, And then afterward, lick the sweat off each other. (sighs) I don't want to do this. You say things that are too personal. Okay, but just one more thing. She said she loves you and wants to hold your hand and have iced tea with you. Come on. That's not all she said. No. She says other things. But I don't want... Please, 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 please. You don't realize I may be killed tomorrow. Okay. She says she wants to unplug all the clocks and the phones and have a three-day sex marathon. That's more like it, yeah. She wants to walk wrong for a week because you guys did it so hard. That's just lovely. No more. He says things I can't say. It involves a, a, a mannequin hand and, and an electric shave taped to a golf club. And yet another great scene with Rob Riggle and Damon Wayans Jr. as they give a talk at an elementary school. Right now the streets are a bloodbath. And statistically speaking, there's about 30 kids in here. Ten of you are going to be dead before your next birthday. I can tell, looking around the room, half of you are dead already. The fat ones, the ones with glasses, you guys got problems. You two look like hookers. Got a couple of tips to help you guys stay out of jail. One, try your hardest to not be black or Hispanic. It's a good tip. Yeah. Two. Gentlemen, we got a hop when Hoyt and Gamble have Urshan hostage, high-speed car chase in progress. Yes. Gun. Gun! Pass up the guns. Pass them up. Let's Pass go, people. There we go. Anything? Any tasers? No? Good. Who wants to go on a ride along? Huh? 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 All right, you, sweetie. Come on. Let's go. Move! Move! Let's go! Come on! Alright, so the plot plays itself out, which I mentioned in the beginning is timely for the era about Ponzi schemes and investment fraud, but this is a movie all about the crazy situations and the non-stop jokes. So the ending credits try to be smart with almost like meme logic, but frankly, nobody's paying attention to credits. Sorry guys. Interestingly enough, the movie works well because it's rated PG-13 and not R. So it's cool that you get the unrated version on the DVD, but I think it would be easy to go too far with some of these jokes, and they took it to the line, but didn't get repetitive in the PG-13 version. And this is why the crazy comedies of the 70s and the 80s work so well. They knew when to pull back when necessary. The chemistry between Farrell and Wahlberg is just terrific, and obviously the studio thought so as well, because they paired him again for two installments of Daddy's Home. However, while enjoyable, the other guys is far superior. You, mate, I'm gonna kill just for fun. Please, don't move! Drop your weapons! Drop it! Or be dropped, homeboy! I hope you like prison food and penis. 
All right, some quick fun facts. Yeah, there is a difference between uh, the theatrical and extended DVD cut. You can go to this great website called uh, Movie or it's at movie-censorship.com, which gives you all the difference. It's mostly extended scenes. And, and like I said before, it just it went a little bit further with like, you know, Dirty Mike and some of the um, different office scenes and things like that. It's just as funny. It's just it's longer. So the idea of teaming up Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg had been kind of in the works since the 2007 uh, Academy Awards. And this is where Will had been viciously insulting other actors as part of a bit. Uh, but then when he saw Mark Wahlberg, he became very, very polite. All right, we have an action-packed slew of guests. We've got Stephen Michael from the Grown Up Rock podcast. Baco is back from Copers and Fire. Sonny Pooney from Growing Up Rock also attends. And then, of course, as I mentioned before, Samantha, my coworker who is on all of our classic movie episodes. But funny enough, she loves Will Ferrell, so we had her on for the other guys. So enjoy that, and I will be back next week for yet another random movie from my DVD collection. By God, it's damn good movie memories with Stephen and Brian, apparently. That's, that's right. And <laughs> so we're not going to mention the other guy. We're just going to talk about the movie, the other guys, and uh, and and your love of this movie. Did you see this when it first came out? Uh, to be honest, I don't remember. And that's funny because it's probably the more recent of the movies. But uh, yeah, I don't remember whether I saw this in the theater or saw it on uh, video. But uh, if it, if it looks good, I usually try to check it out in the theater because I, I do like Will Ferrell, but he, he has also made some pretty shitty movies. <laughs> That's true. And, and this actually brings up a good point and maybe a little bit of a tangent. I, do you find yourself going to as many movies now as you did, you know, maybe, you know, 15, 20 years ago? Oh, no, no, no way. Because, uh, for one thing, they come out on video so fast these yep. days, really. And truthfully, unless I'm just starving for something to do with my wife, we don't necessarily go out to movies unless, and this is usually the only caveat is that we, uh, if there's a good, either like star Wars or Marvel flick that's coming out, I mm -hmm. like to, uh, uh, go early Sunday morning and check them out, uh, because we have a theater here close to the house. That's, uh, shows movies fairly early Sunday morning. So it's not usually big crowds and you can get, you know, great rec reclining seats at, uh, 10 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. And so you don't have to, uh, kill your whole day that way. Exactly. And I do like, one thing I do like about newer than the modern, the modern age is you can pick your seats, which you could never do way back when. And so you don't have to worry about being late and, and things like yep. that. And, uh, but like you said, I mean, you're not sure what you're getting. Movies are really expensive now because it's it's usually, you know, 15 bucks unless you go to a matinee. And so it's easier to test it at home, you know, for things like this, unless you know you're going to see something you really like. Yeah, I mean, really, what's the time frame? Usually mo movies are out on video within three months, I think, at tops, right? Yeah, it's a bit, it's about that that time frame. Like, it's really short. Where back in the day, it used to be a year before something came out in VHS. Oh, easily. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So going back to the other guys, I mean, of course, you have Will Ferrell and the partnership of Mark Wahlberg, who really at this point wasn't really known as an actor that much. You know, well, he was, but he wasn't known as maybe a comedic actor. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about Mark Wahlberg's career is that exactly that he kind of started out on the serious side of things. And uh, in a lot of ways, uh, his career or his acting sort of paralleled or reminded you of like 
maybe a Keanu Reeves or something where yeah. he just kind of has this weird, like serious actor side of him that comes off a little kind of strange to me at times, but he really is. I, I don't know whether it's timing or what, but he has some really good comedic sense to him. He uh, does. And, yeah. And I wouldn't have guessed it, you know, and it's, yeah. And it's not, well, and it's not, I think, uh, part of the thing is when we think about comedy, we think about wackiness or craziness. And and with him, a lot of times it's kind of this dry type humor or just really left a center uh, type stuff. And, and there's a lot of that in this particular movie is uh, some of the things that he comes up with or, or that he does is just so far left of center the whole peacock thing yeah <laughs> it's just it's crazy and it makes me laugh so yeah it's a great uh great partnership with this uh flick i think that's why it works so well with will ferrell because will ferrell's the the crazy guy even though he's kind of a little bit downplayed except for when he when he turns into gator which is a great scene <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it but you need a straight man to, to kind of go with the wackiness but it, you know they're both for the most part, they, there's scenes where they get wacky, but both of them kind of act the same in many ways, you know, and, and you know, like obviously Will Ferrell's kind of the uptake guy and, and then Mark Wahlberg's just, you know, wound too tight. So, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, what, what are some of your favorite scenes for this particular movie? You know, there are so many and one of the people that, well, one of the scenes that I like quite a bit is not a scene with uh, Wahlberg or Ferrell at all, but the scene with, um, uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and who is it? Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Is that the other guy? They're the, the super t- cops. Yeah. The super cops, the two idiots, <laughs> and they <laughs> jump off the roof and yes. go splat on the pavement. That shit made me laugh, man. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, so that was one of my, my scenes that I enjoyed quite a bit. I absolutely love when Farrell becomes Gator. Gator don't play no shit. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Just stupid shit like that. I like the scenes with, uh, I always enjoyed the scenes where Wahlberg just can't quite figure it out what the fuck these hot chicks see in Farrell. (laughs) Like, uh, the, um, what's her name and then the the blonde uh his ex-wife or whatever it is yes. her crazy shit uh so there's just so many good scenes in this movie that i really enjoyed and um yeah i mean let's continue to talk about it because uh, i know a lot of people are like i'm not seeing that movie that movie dumb uh but you know then you're afraid to laugh because i just let myself go and really enjoy this movie and uh, I find myself watch, getting sucked in whenever I come across it on TV or whatever. It just sucks me in. So, yeah, great movie. Well, well totally. It, it's a spoof on the buddy cop movies. You know, people that like will go to see Bad Boys, you know, with uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence thinking they're going to see some serious movie or, or a lethal weapon for that matter. This is kind of like the other side of that. You know, it's kind of, you know, fun that way. And uh, yeah, I love the trope where, you know, Eva Mendez is absolutely beautiful and there's no way Will Ferrell, that type of character is going to get Eva Mendez. And so the disbelief and the the you know that mark Wahlberg has the whole time it's a great trope and i also love that they you know michael keaton kind of had a return from this because michael keaton was great in the 80s he had so many great movies kind of had a little bit of a lull in the 90s and then this was almost like his comeback and from 
this point on, he's been in a lot of great side character roles since. Yeah, so many. I mean, I've always enjoyed Michael Keaton in almost anything that he's done. I just like him as an and as an actor. But uh, this was kind of this part in this movie and the tie-in with the TLC yes. shit was just, I mean, it was genius to me. Love LRB. Who doesn't yeah. like LRB? Are you kidding me? There's He's some... driving in his Prius and things like that. So it won't stop playing. And yeah, it, it's, it's so good. It's, Which it's really good. the Prius thing that brings me to the other scenes that I love so much. Fucking what was it? Dirty Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> we will have a gangbang in your car <laughs> some shit like that i was loving and there's little things like that like just throughout the film that just it's so perfect yeah that uh, yeah there's so much stuff in that movie and it's not definitely not it's evenly distributed throughout the entire movie i mean it even has somewhat of a little bit of a plot line and stuff but truthfully to me, this movie is just made for going and just laughing your ass off and not taking anything too seriously. How can you take Wahlberg shooting Derek Jeter in the leg, in the leg in the in the tunnel to Yankee Stadium seriously? It's great. Well, yeah, and that leads to another great line when they're in the therapy sessions. Like, why didn't you shoot a Rod? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because that was at the same time that all the steroid stuff with a Rod was going on, and and New uh, York hated him. Like, they just really uh, did yeah. not. And, and Derek Jeter's like a legend. You know, he always has been. So, uh, homegrown and everything. Well, so what's funny is the guy that plays Dirty Mike is actually the director Adam McKay. <laughs> so, really, that's yeah. great. I ne- I never knew that. So that's a fun. Uh, that's a fun little tidbit yeah yeah so yeah this is one where definitely check it out i i think as you said will ferrell was kind of hit or miss but obviously the chemistry between him and Wahlberg worked because they ended up doing two movies of uh daddy's home i enjoyed the first one of those i thought the second one was okay but mm-hmm. um you know will ferrell for me i like a lot of the movies that people hated like i loved semi-pro mm, yeah. yeah i thought that was a great movie uh, obviously, uh, Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights was was a great movie. There were a lot of good movies, but then he did some movies that I was like, eh. You know, the last movie at the time of this recording, I think the last movie he did that was, I didn't even see it because people thought it was so awful, was that Sherlock Holmes he did. Oh, yeah, Holmes and Watson. And I love um, John C. Riley. And yeah, that was just, yeah. I, I didn't even, The trailer looked bad, and when the trailer looks bad, forget it. Yeah, and normally they're great together, but yeah. uh, I mean, people that normally like his stuff were like, oh, this is awful. So I don't know what he's up to these days, but he, he is good. And for the most part, I enjoy his shit and him and Wahlberg together, just like him and C. Uh, Riley together. Uh, they They can do great stuff. You know? Yeah, and up to, leading up to this, he he was on a great run because, of course, just like Eddie Murphy, he, he got a start in Saturday Night Live. And, but, you know, he went had old school, which I think old school was the one that really broke him, you know, playing Frank the Tank and then going into Elf and then Anchorman and then uh, movies like that, uh, Talladega Nights. I think that's really, you know, uh, where, you know, he really kicked it off movie wise. He was kind of like the go to comic actor of the 2000s. 
Yeah, agreed. As always, thank you so much. And, uh, you, you know, we pulled it off again. This is a, it's a good movie for people to go check out that they might have missed, you know, when it came out. Absolutely. Fantastic movie. Once again, Brian Davis, I appreciate you having me on. I love talking movies because between movies and music, you cover all my passions, my friend. Awesome. You, you, you know you have an open invitation, so whenever you want to be on, you can come on. We will do it again, my friend, and it's time to get you on Grown Up Rock and talk about something other than movies. <laughs> there we go. We'll try doing that. I'm not going to do trivia because I, I, don't, I, can't, I can't take losing like that. So We'll come up with something. Sonny seems to be on a uh, ridiculous run of numbers, so maybe we'll find some number-themed episode for you to come on. Uh, Sonny Sonny gets a little nuts with the numbers, but it ends up being good fun. Sonny, a beautiful mind, Poony. Yes. Yeah. You know what? Sonny is the rain man of our society. <laughs> he so, <is>. yeah. <laughs> De- definitely Hollywood. Definitely Hollywood. Absolutely. <laughs> as long as he doesn't get his, his boxer shorts in Cincinnati at Kmart, we're all good. <laughs> we also have Sonny on a lot, so he may be on soon as well. So I'll have to bring this up with him. We'll see how he feels. There you go. <laughs> He'll have an opinion, I can assure you. I'm sure he will. Then this is why Grown Up Rock is great. So always check out Grown Up Rock Podcast. You're, you will not be disappointed. Again, thank you so much, Stephen. See you, Bron. All right, you loved him on High Fidelity, so you knew he had to come back. It's Baco from Cobras and Fire. Welcome back, man. Hey, thanks for having me back, Brian. Of course, of course. So we were trying to get you on for other movies, and we just you couldn't find him because I, I have all these obscure films and. Uh, but one you did have and one that you did enjoy is The Other Guys from 2010. So did you originally see this in the theater or was this, uh, you know, a rental or it was just on TV or, or what, how did you originally see this? We, uh, my wife and I bought it on DVD. Um, it looked like a cute movie. I, I really did, didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. Uh, and so whatever. We just, No, we didn't see it in the theater. We, we, we bought the DVD when it came out and... Uh, I don't, we, we might have even waited a little while and it's like, oh, it's at Target for $5. So I, I, I definitely saw it for the first time on DVD. So before that, had you seen, you know, like Talladega Nights and Step Brothers and, and Anchorman and things like that? Of course. Now, I'm okay. not great in the timeline. This is after uh, Step Brothers? Yes. Two years okay. after. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I honestly think Will Ferrell is kind of uh, – Anytime somebody from Saturday Night Live kind of blows up, everybody kind of like, tries to shoot holes in, in, in how good they are. And I really think Will Ferrell is, is amazing. Uh, maybe a bit of a one-trick pony to a certain extent, but uh, I, I do enjoy his movies. You just mentioned probably two of my favorites, and also uh, Blades of Blades of Glory would be oh, another, yeah. a Will Ferrell one that I love. Yeah, Will Ferrell kind of almost fell along the Jim Carrey line, where Jim Carrey tried to do other things, but really he gets kind of typecasted as that type of character. That's a good example. You know what? I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Old School. Uh, oh, absolutely. One of the greatest movies of all time. As far as I'm concerned, uh, how that didn't win Oscar for Best Picture is <laughs> is is beyond me. Uh, whatever. But no, he uh, that was kind of his breakout into film because he had been doing, of course, Saturday Night Live, but he had like bit roles like he'd be in Zoolander and and Austin Powers and things like that. But then once he was Frank the Tank, yeah. everything, everything just took off. We're running. We're, we're streaking the quad. Yeah. <laughs> Can we go get Kentucky Fried Chicken, honey? You know? <laughs> like all these great lines. And, and oh, yeah, it's just it's tremendous. So let's get it right into the other guys. The cast is great. I mean, not only yeah. do you. Uh, Wahlberg, they work well together. This is kind of like 
if if I my memory serves me correctly, kind of Wahlberg's first comedic type role. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm not positive. I mean, Fear was funny. Yeah, and so and as <laughs> rock, and Rockstar, like we were talking about. So. Yeah, <laughs> unintentionally funny. Yes. Uh, at least in my opinion. Yeah. But then you also get, you know, like Samuel L. Jackson and the and Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, <laughs> and really the underrated one. I, it was kind of a nice return for him. Is Michael Keaton? They are all just hilarious. Uh, the, I really didn't expect the the whole because the, none of the they really didn't push it to their credit that The Rock and fucking Sam Jackson are yeah. basically right in your face at the beginning of this movie and and. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we're not spoiling anything, I, I wouldn't think, at this point, unless, yeah. uh, spoiler alert, but they yeah. die right away. Right. And the way they die is just like, I mean, the way they spoofed them the whole time, you know, like, where, where they're driving around, it's like, did somebody call 911? Holy shit. You know, whatever, <laughs> something like that, right? I mean, it's yeah. like, they're just doing all these over the top, you know, buddy cop, kind of like, uh, you know, bad chasing. boys. Yeah, yeah bad yeah. boys. Mm-hmm. Like where the the car like launches into a bus, yeah, and the bus gets hit by something else and then launches the car onto. I it was beautiful, but oh, it's yeah, it's it's terrific. And then you have like Rob Riggles in it, who keeps I giving the Rob guys Riggle. oh he, great character actor, and uh, you know making the guys do like pop shots and and stuff. You know, and, that's that's pop. <laughs> that's pop. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was thinking of the porn. David Wayans Jr. That's right. That's right. So again, there's great like little side characters in addition to Wahlberg and Farrell. But obviously, Farrell and Wahlberg work well together because then they went on to do like Daddy's Home and, and stuff like that. Right. What are some of your favorite scenes in this? And uh, is this a quotable movie for you? Oh, it is definitely a quotable movie. And it, oh, man, uh, I wrote down a couple things here. There's there's this one thing where, where The Rock and Sam Jackson come back. Uh, and right after they do the press conference where like the the one legitimate news person is like, was it worth a miss, you know, 12 million dollars of damage to city and in, in private property to bust these guys on a misdemeanor? And, you know, so they do that whole deal. And they're like, well, the city of New York decided everybody cheers them on. And they go back and invite everybody to a uh, a cash bar party, right? Uh, and that that will be attended by Bro- Brody Jenner and Byling. <laughs> like, they're all like cocky about it. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, of course the desk pop thing is is great, but yep. My favorite line, and it's almost a throwaway line. If you're a fan of baseball, uh, the the whole kind of side plot where Wahlberg kind of got in trouble for accidentally shooting Derek Jeter. <laughs> He's in kind of that rehab or the discussion group, and and everyone's pissed off because, of course, he, he shot a Yankee legend. And one guy's <laughs> like, "Why didn't you shoot a Rod?" You know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> everyone hates a Rod, so he's trying to, you know, make his career a little bit better now. Like at least doing uh, uh, the announcing, and so he's kind of trying to revitalize his uh, his image. And so that, but back then, everyone despised a Rod. So it's the you should have shot a rod line that you like. Oh, I love that. That's, oh, I, yeah. I told that totally landed with me too. Yeah, uh, and it wasn't even lost on me that Wahlberg's a, a Red Sox fan either. You know, right? Like, like, of course, a Red Sox. Yeah, you, know, you know, as him as a person is shooting uh, Jeter. <laughs> you shot Derek Jeter. <laughs> they call me the Yankee Clipper. Right. <laughs> I, I love all the point points where it's like. Where did you learn how to do that? Ah, I took some classes so I could make fun of the, the, the queers in the neighborhood. Right. 
<laughs> for dancing. And that was kind of an underlying, you know, theme Marky throughout Mark. the movie. Yeah. yeah. But there's a little like, like his apartment, Wahlberg's apartment has a picture of like Cobra, you know, from yeah, yeah. movie. Yes, things like that. There's little things that are great. Or the whole, uh, the gag with um, Michael Keaton and, and TLC, the, the band TLC. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, really? yeah. It, it's great. He keeps quoting their lyrics and at the end, like, well, Will Ferrell is sh- and denying he knows who the band is. Yeah. For anybody not familiar, but uh, yeah, like the, the 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 final time he does it is I can't remember what the what the last song is. Uh, Ain't too proud to beg, I think. Right. Um, uh, and Will Ferrell's like, stop it! It's not even funny anymore. And like Keaton's like, what? I I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and he has a job. I didn't have a job like a Bed Bath Beyond. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like all these things. Yeah. And then Will Ferrell, like he's driving a Prius, and he's always got always got Little River Band, you know, that, stuff like that, you know, it's great. <laughs> those homeless people keep having sex in his car. Yes, yes. Oh, what were those guys' name? It was um like Dirty Mike or something like that, or oh yeah, fuck the uh, the Dirty Crew, something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I love like let me let me rephrase that. We're going to get some mayonnaise and a goat <laughs> and put some D's in the A's. In addition, so, and there's other things too, like um, uh, Gator, uh, which is Will Ferrell's alternate persona of when he was uh, a pimp in high school or in college yeah. or something like that, yeah. You remember the scene where uh, the first time they're meeting the, the, uh, the guy who is the horrible investor? Yes. And they go into his office and he's watching porn, and even though he closed his laptop, the audio... <laughs> I love that. (laughs) No, this is, there's so many great things about this movie. The plot is kind of, I I, I defy anyone to really know what the plot's about. I, I, this is all pure, this is jokes for me. Yeah. Hey, it really is subtle humor from beginning to end. And and so also, of course, you know, the, the obvious, uh, the redemption of the uh, the underdog, but you know they get beat to the point where they think they're not coming back, and then in the end they're the, they're the hero. Yeah, there is a loose plot where it is of the time they were kind of trying to talk about like the investment scandals and stuff like that. But I, I that was really trying to wedge that in. That that was a reach for this type of movie. So you know I, I thought so, but if you watch the credits, they they start with explaining a Ponzi scheme with with pictures. Right, right, which was interesting considering I, I how many people. That isn't a Marvel Marvel movie. You like stick with that. So I thought was kind of, uh, you know, I did it for the this podcast, but not. I don't know how many people would that would have gone over everyone's head, especially almost ten years later. But uh, the other great, the one that everyone remembers is the disbelief of Mark Wahlberg's character every time he sees Eva Mendes and yeah. why she's even with Will Ferrell. Now, did this again? I, I, the timeline is bad for me. I it sounds like it's more recent than I thought. Was this out before the TV show Parks and Rec or after? That's a great question. I honestly don't know. I want to say before. Yeah, could, yeah. that's my gut feeling. But um, because they they did the same bit in there with that uh, that one character uh, Jerry, uh-huh. where everybody finally meets his wife and it's Cheryl Teague, uh, and they're everybody's like can't believe that he's married to her, and it's basically the same joke. So it looks like Parks and Rec started in around the same time so it might have just been a happy coincidence to, well yeah. if they started around the same time i i think it was season two or th- season three before we met her so okay. it might have been after the fact but uh i do have one subtle uh thing that because uh, you kind of touched on something with that that whole uh derek uh uh the the a-rod joke right sure 
this is probably even more subtle than that, but you know when the wrecking ball drops on the cop car? Mm-hmm. I love the fact that it had that, like, stereotypical, um, uh, like, the dying siren sound that, of course, never happens. Right. Like, you know, that we've seen it, but the, the cop siren going, weep, 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 uh, I, I don't know. The fact that they threw that right before the, the guys jump off the building was, was great to me. You know, to throw it back, as we originally tried to do License to Drive, they may even stole that from License to Drive. I don't know if the horn, <laughs> the horn was going off when a crane comes down on the car finally at the end. I, I, that may be, may be related. I don't know. It could be. But, yeah, like how many cars have air horns where it would right. actually have the ability to do that? Right. <laughs> oh, movie yeah. magic. It's movie magic. So any other thoughts about this film, and uh, does it still hold up well for you? It did. I watched it today, Mm -hmm. uh, probably for the, I don't know, the fifth time, maybe. Fourth or fifth, somewhere in there, right? Um, But definitely first time in a long time, and laughed all the way through. Mm -hmm. Uh, Will Will Ferrell's character, and and of course Will Ferrell's ability to just be deadpan with all this stuff, is is, just perfect for for that. And, And the fact that it was... It was kind of a, a weird thing to even think about, like this kind of like, uh, like we we've seen buddy cop movies, even comedy buddy cop movies, but never one where a character like Will Ferrell, where like you know he's just a soft and lovable person who just wants to do paperwork, <laughs> and uh, it, he's also kind of mean to his ridiculously hot wife. Right. And and then of course he has his dark seated underside that that we find out and it's just brilliant it really is a, a, a much better movie than i think it was sold as yeah and it, it should do even mendez they also kind of have a, a little plot point where that's they right. go back and they find an ex-girlfriend who's who's just as hot <laughs> so, yeah which is it's that's all, right it's, and she yeah. wants to fuck him again and right uh, <laughs> and, uh, Wal- yeah. and Wahlberg has a miserable ex-wife. i guess it's his ex-wife he, he can't um, he, he goes and visits her like at a dance studio and, and he gets kicked out. <laughs> That's the first time where he does ballet. He's like, I learned how I took a class so I could learn how to like show yeah, beat these up the g- in yeah. my neighborhood how, how gay they looked. Right. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> so definitely check it out. Definitely check out Baco's podcast, Cobras and Fire. You're going to love it. And uh, there's a lot of cross promotion here because we all love each other's you know, work and everything. So it, it works out well. Indeed. Uh, I, I, I've, I've started listening to your show more often. Well, I'll thank you. you. This okay. is great. But as always, love having you on. You're definitely going to be on a lot. You gave me a picture of all your DVD collections. <laughs> and now I know what to grab from. And uh, as always, thank you so much, Baca. Oh, and thank you. Uh, like I said, it's always a pleasure. And uh, you, people should listen to your show more than they, they do. Thank you. That, does that make any sense? It does. I think it's almost a, a backhanded compliment, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, that's like, that was kind of mean. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not, I have not... a, I have an audience. It, it's it's very loyal. I would say very loyal and very specific. So there you go. Yeah, maybe I'm just uh, projecting my own uh, insecurities. Uh, I, that was not <laughs> intended, but no. I love your show, no, Brian. It's always a pleasure to be on. Uh, at some point, we do have to bring on Covers and Fire, too. No, I love that. Absolutely love that because I, I do listen to the show. And, and as I said, uh, we were talking before, they have so many different and funny subjects that uh, there's something for everyone. Uh, and whether the great interviews like with Skid Row's Rachel Bolin, uh, which made headlines, which was super cool. I love seeing that when when your buddies like get 
great press out of things. And then just reviews about, you know, albums and bands that you love. And we were just talking about Danzig before that. And uh, great episode about Danzig 2. A lot of people skip over, um, you know, they go straight to either the debut or maybe three, but they kind of forget about two. And uh, those that like the Bad Beat radio show will probably love Danzig 2 because it's bluesy, hard rock and metal. So definitely that, check that out. So is Bad Beat Radio a, a thing I should check out? It is. It's on that metal station, which is the same as uh, Metal Mike and uh, Ralph Vieira has his own show. So I'm on every Wednesday night and uh, might be a little Ooh. bit late for you um, because it's it would it would be, I think, 10 p.m. your time or every Wednesday night. Mm. Uh, but yeah, hand, hand pick music every week for two hours and uh, all bluesy hard rock. So there you go. And a shout out to Metal Mike. Uh, I missed him at this year's Rockin' Pod. So he should be back this year. So I'm hoping every the whole gang's there again because again, this is how we all connect to get to see each other in person. Of course, yeah. They just announced dates: August 14th through the 16th. We are back with Sonny Pooney from the Grown Up Rock Podcast, and of course, also Podcast Rock City for all your kiss needs. So welcome back, Sonny. Oh, glad to be back. So. We had the other guy on before this, and this was uh, Stephen Michael talking about um, the other guys. And now we have you on for this. And and so this is a great comedy because of the, the duo between Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Did you was this one where you saw the trailer and you're like, I got to see this. This is going to be amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this was a theater film for me, too. Mm hmm. So uh, right out the gate, you, this was, you know, you saw it in the theater and, and you're like, oh, this is perfect. I love this. Oh, yeah. I love buddy cop movies. Are you kidding? Uh, they're some of my favorite in history, like, you know, whether it's Lethal Weapon or whether it's Beverly Hills Cop. I love them. So, yeah. And then did you how did you feel about the intro when you saw like The Rock and Samuel L. Jackson together? I Oh, well, the intro of the movie is I thought that first stunt scene was amazing. Yeah. Right. With the bus. And did you notice it crashes into Trump Tower? Right. I did. Yeah. <laughs> 2010. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just interesting what we notice now instead of what we noticed then. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think those two would make a great like action type flick. Uh, very similar to probably like a lethal weapon and they probably do great. Yeah. Or bad boys, you know, like Will Smith and, and Martin Lawrence type of thing. I, yeah. There's I a new would... one coming. Oh, really? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I do remember that. So that'll be good. Yeah. It was funny how, yeah, the buddy cop movies have kind of evolved. I mean, it sort of started with, I guess, Beverly Hills cop in a way. Um, but even then it wasn't really a buddy cop movie. I mean, he had his side characters, but then it just, I think Lethal Weapon may be the, the first major one. Yeah, yeah, that was the one that I remember the most. No, it doesn't, what, Beverly Hills Cop wasn't before that? Well, it was, but it's not, I mean, it's a buddy cop movie in the sense that he uses Roseburg and, Ta and, and Rosewood and, and Taggart, um, but it's not traditional in the sense of, you know, they weren't really partners with Eddie. Eddie was still kind of yeah. his own guy. That's uh, true. That's we're true. definitely with um, Lethal Weapon. They were, they were, they were partners. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, again, let's just get right into this. What are some of your favorite scenes from the other guys? Because there's a lot. Uh, okay, so the old lady sending the messages that, you know, <laughs> right. an old lady saying those things, uh, that is absolutely priceless. I laughed out loud in the theater when Wahlberg hit Farrell with a wooden gun. Oh, no, yes. Farrell hit Wahlberg with a wooden gun. Oh, my God. I laughed out loud in the theater. I remember that. Um. This whole I'm a, a peacock, you gotta let me fly. That's yeah. a little overdoing it a little bit. Did someone call nine one? Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> I think I still use that every once in a while. 
But what, when he hit him with the gun, was that also when he's like, uh, then he cranks up Little River Band or something like that? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. little things like that is what makes this movie. And then he threw the CD out the window, which is total my move. But yeah. he has a six CD changer, and it's all Little River Band, yeah. so, so it doesn't always, matter. Always got Little River Band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are so many. Yeah, between that and then you have kind of that little side thing with Michael Keaton do you know doing all the TLC references. <laughs> yeah, which Michael Keaton. I thought he did a good job with this. I, I'm a huge Michael Keaton Me fan. Me too. So Me I, too. it was good to see him in this. Yeah, because he kind of he he was so big in the '80s. You know, like he was in a lot of great movies, and of course he was Batman. And then in the '90s he started a little tail off, and then in the early 2000s you barely saw him. So this was almost like a comeback for him because now he's he's sort of back in in, in film. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing in that uh, in the interim. I know. He did some, uh, like he did some uh, Disney movies, right? Those were in the 2000s, wasn't it? Like Herbie? Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, he wasn't doing much, at least not major motion pictures. Yeah, I think he was doing some a little bit of TV stuff. Uh, but the 90s were kind of rough for him. I mean, with the exception of the early 90s, when, of course, you had like Batman Returns. And uh, he was in a good movie called The Paper. Which, oh, one yeah. of my favorites of all time. Oh, there you go. Love and, that movie. Very underrated. Definitely check that out if, if you guys haven't seen that. And the multiplicity wasn't bad either. Oh, love that movie too. Yeah. Then after that, it sort of yeah, you're right. It's it's kind of tailed off, and and this was kind of a return for him. And then he also played re- recently in the Spider-Man movie. He played one of the villains. So yeah, it's good to see him back. Other other characters that that really worked for you. How did you feel about the 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 trope with uh, Eva Mendez playing Will Ferrell's wife? Uh, I like Eva Mendez. I thought she did a good job with it. <laughs> Uh, Will Ferrell is such an interesting actor, right? And and him just totally dissing her. Like, I remember slow (laughs) roasting a dog's asshole. Like, I don't know what exactly that means, but it does not sound good. No. Um, But how he delivers uh, it is perfect, you know? Yeah, right? Like, he has no care in the world. (laughs) Uh, So that's why the whole, the old lady going back and sharing messages, that at least seemed more like a real relationship versus what uh, basically Marky Mark was seeing happen between these two. <laughs> right. And and what's what's interesting about this is this is really Wahlberg's first movie where it's a straight up comedy. I mean, we we you could say Rockstar's kind of got comedic elements, but it's not it's it is kind of like a dramedy. Um but this one was like it was full on comedy. Wahlberg does well in these type of movies until he starts yelling. Then yeah. it doesn't seem natural. Mhm. It seems like he's trying too hard. But when he's being sarcastic, he actually nails it. Oh, totally, totally. And actually, the chemistry between him and Farrell worked because they ended up filming two movies together uh, with Daddy's Home. And those are two good movies, too. Yeah, they work really well together. Yeah. Um, the other great one where you're a baseball fan and the, the with Wahlberg shooting Derek Jeter. <laughs> what an interesting choice, right? Yeah. Derek, especially in, what, 2010 – yeah. Derek Jeter is not exactly the most popular player in 2010. No, but he's definitely a, he's a Yankee legend. I think that was right. kind of, yeah, at that yeah. point. And one of the great, great lines that my favorite of the movie is they're sitting in kind of that support group. And why couldn't you have shot A-Rod? You know? <laughs> yeah, I love that line. <laughs> Even back what, then. One of my favorite lines is after the bomb goes off, mm-hmm. right? And they're laying on the ground and they're just basically, I think they're just riffing. Mm-hmm. And Will Ferrell says, I need an MRI. Yeah. I just want to go somewhere and breastfeed right now. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I hit rewind. I'm like, what did he say? Oh, man. 
Yeah, between that, you got um, when they're doing the desk pop, you know, when he, oh, he's, yeah. like, he's firing yeah. his gun. And then, of course, uh, Gator, when he when he was a pimp back in yeah. his, his early days. Oh, those those are so good. What are some of the other, you know, go-to scenes for you? And uh, how, how often do you revisit this film? Um, I probably see it whenever it's on cable. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have it on DVD. So um, I, I revisit it every once in a while. Uh, I didn't know what a soup kitchen was until this movie. I'm not sure I want to want to know anymore what a soup kitchen. Oh yeah, kitchen the is. stuff they say about what they did to their car. Oh yeah, oh, brutal, amazing. Yeah. And then they were in the car most yeah. of the movie, so I'm like, <laughs> dude, there's no way I touched that car. Um, I also enjoy small dimples just above a woman's buttocks. I I, uh, I don't have any problem with that. Yep. Um, there were no bushes. There were no bushes to aim for. Did I miss the bushes? <laughs> well, I got to ask, what are your favorite Will Ferrell movies? Um, I would say, okay, so Will Ferrell's love hate for me. Mm. Like, I did not like Holmes and Watson. I liked yeah, the first terrible. Anchorman. I didn't like the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a Blades of Glory guy, but I love old school, love Talladega Nights. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so it, but Mark Wahlberg's hit with hit and miss for me like ted and ted 2 really yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i'm shocked it was a ted 2 but yeah it did I'm well just... i guess the first one did well so that's why oh yeah. give me the departed anytime <laughs> oh yeah oh my god that yeah so good <laughs> yeah that, de- departed's excellent we'll, we'll kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent here since you kind of brought up a mafia movie in scorsese have you seen the irishman yet love it yeah love you didn't it. think it was too long it's long, and I'm not sure I needed that whole uh, chicken dance thing that De Niro's doing trying to <laughs> kick the guy, because that was so fake, it was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Um, and But, you know, that movie, I'm, I don't know a ton about Hoffa, so it being long didn't actually matter to me that much. Yeah, I thought they could have maybe shortened it up by about a half an hour, and even then it would have been three hours long. I think the end, and I won't give it away for anyone that hasn't seen it, but they're, they're the ending scene, or the ending parts sort of dragged a little bit for me. I thought yeah. they could have kind of, you know, tightened that up a little bit. But yeah, the acting is tremendous. And what for me, Pesci is really kind of downplayed because usually he plays that maniacal guy that's in Goodfellas and Casino. And he really isn't that in, in this. And I think he's perfect. Yeah, because he becomes more of a boss, right? So right. instead of being a soldier, he's a boss now. So that changes you. Exactly. Exactly. Well, as always, Sonny, this has been amazing. And uh, yeah, we'll have you back on soon, probably for... I think a comedy. I think we're going to be doing comedy soon. Yeah, and I'll let you know, if I was a lion and you were a tuna, I'd eat you too. (laughs) I I can't top that, so we're going to go out on that. Thank you, (laughs) son. Later. Okay, we've been trying to get this one for a long time. And so we did two old movies, but then I mentioned this one, the other guys, and you're like, oh, I can do that one. And the reason is, Samantha loves Will Ferrell. I do. So it's what... weird. I don't know. Because <laughs> she's our highbrow classic <laughs> movie person, and then she loves Will Ferrell movies. So what are your the top five? For... So I think what happened is I grew up watching Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. and watching his movies for some reason. Mm-hmm. So um, I my number one, and I don't, there's no reason for these rankings. I think probably just what was funniest to me at the time. Right. But number one is Talladega Night. Right. The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Mm-hmm. And then number two, I think probably the first Anchorman. And then Elf's a cute Christmas movie. Yeah. yeah. For kids. 
I but, still like it. Like, yeah. Oh, it's fun. I watched rewatched part of it over the Christmas <laughs> holidays, but it's yeah. kind of a new modern Christmas classic. Oh, yeah, it, it has become yeah. like a weird little cult classic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's Talladega Nights and the first Anchorman movie. A, and you really don't like the sequel to Anchorman? No, it was forgettable. Yeah. I watched it. I and think, didn't like it on an airplane or something. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. I don't know. And then what are here? I'm gonna throw you off guard because I always do this. What's your favorite skit of Will Ferrell and Turner? Oh, oh, maybe of the characters he used to do. The one that I always laughed at was um, there's the two. He had the cheerleader sketch. Oh, of course. Yeah. And then the one where him and his wife were like the church singers. Okay. Yeah. I always I liked those. I think mm. when he was paired with yeah, um, it was Sherry O'Terry. Right. was his like little cheerleader buddy. Mm. And then oh, what's her name? I can't remember the. the I, I can the see her face. <laughs> she's wearing glasses yeah. and everything. Yeah, which is worse worse songs. But I like yeah, those two are kind of two of his ongoing. Yeah. They did those a few times. And I always loved that he always he would crack up Jimmy Fallon uh -huh. like, all the time. Like he couldn't, yeah. keep, couldn't keep a straight face. Yeah, because yeah. I think the thing that's funny about Will Ferrell for me is he's so biz like bizarre. Yeah. But he keeps a straight face, so he'll say the most just ridiculous things, yeah. but kind of deadpan. Always, yeah. And so. Well, it's like he was <laughs> just on the Golden Globes, and he still he kills every time oh, he's on I there. Oh, I didn't Because he he's always paired yeah. with someone that's, uh -huh. you know, usually not. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his delivery really, really gets to me. And um, oh, I think maybe a honorable mention would be his character in Zoolander. Oh yeah, that was he one of his. Yeah, that was his early role. <laughs> yeah. So really, the first major film, I think that he was still a supporting character, but old school really kind of. Mm -hmm. That's when he started mm -hmm. to take off, and mm -hmm. then kind of just started growing. And then I think it was yeah. Anchorman after that. Yeah, Anchorman was that in like one or yeah, I don't know, two thousand four. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think old school came out in three. Yeah. So yeah. And then he just, he just basically took off. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And there was kind of that, like that period where, yeah, there was Anchorman, Elf, Talladega yeah. Nights, and then Step Brothers, yeah. which. You didn't like Step Brothers. I, it's, that one was never, I don't know. It didn't. It it's really like, over the top. Yeah. yeah. I think I have a thing with, I kind of like silly, quirky characters. Mm -hmm. And stepbrothers were just, they were like, just these gross guys. <laughs> I don't know. It, it wasn't as funny to me. And I think I saw that, you know, I was a bit older. Yeah. So it didn't have that, like, nostalgia. Roger Ebert hated it grass. at the time. Yeah. Because it was just too over the top. Mm -hmm. but, and I get it. But there's still some really funny scenes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's funny. And their parents are really funny. The cast is pretty good. Yeah, because they, they, they kind of played straight the whole time. Mm -hmm. But the whole premise is ridiculous. I mean, they would, yeah. shouldn't still be in the house. No. <laughs> so we'll go to, to the other guys. So what about, well, one, this I always ask this for every guest. So did you see this in the theater or did you was it a, a rental or a I was trying table? to remember and I, I feel like I did see it in the theaters hmm. because... I remember the opening scene. I thought it was a trailer to another movie. Right, with The Rock and, and Samuel Jackson. And I was like, wait, Jackson. what's going on here? Yeah. Like, is this this isn't an action movie? <laughs> it's a bait and switch. Yeah, because yeah, when it first came out, you didn't know they were in the movie. Right. So, um, yeah. So, I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. And... Um, yeah, I I hadn't really seen it since then. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like the how that kind of it was kind of a fake out? 
type of yeah uh, okay yeah yeah I thought the the intro was really clever that's kind of what I remembered most from the movie I think was that setup and then you know the other guys kind of have to try and take over right from them which yeah it was so over the top so do you remember I I, I barely remember the plot do you mm-hmm. remember any of the plot like what this movie's actually about yeah okay. so they um it's the uh, New York station, yep. New York City, and then uh, Will Ferrell is a um, what did he call? What was the character? He's a forensic accountant. Right. <laughs> so he's which this makes absolutely no. no sense in real life, but he's a gun carrying police detective, mm-hmm. but he does just like desk, desk work. work. Yeah. So that was his role. And then Mark Wahlberg was stuck in like the office side right. because he was on some sort of, not leave, but they- He shot Derek Jeter. Yeah, he shot Derek Jeter. <laughs> Who the, just made the Hall of Fame, the by seventh, the way. The seventh game of the World Series. <laughs> right, yeah. And he like ruined everything. Yes. So yeah, so he was on desk duty. So yeah, they really hated each other. They worked across from each other, really bugged each other. And then when the two like- star detectives died yeah. at the beginning spoiler alert yeah <laughs> there was kind of this like grasp for power because mark Wahlberg's character really wanted to be like the star the detective he wanted yeah. to be and there's <laughs> he keeps saying over and over that he's a peacock right he really wants to fly <laughs> he needs to fly um and so they are kind of trying to figure out this case because Will Ferrell's going after this like rich man right. who his like real estate has some problems and then they find out this looks like some sort of money laundering or Ponzi scheme mm-hmm. and So the, you actually followed the box. So I got yeah. lost and I was like I was watching and I'm like I see all the great jokes but then yeah. the plot, it was kind of like secondary. Oh, the plot makes yeah. no sense. No. Yeah, the jokes are really funny, yeah. the one-liners are really funny, but the plot yeah, it, it kind of goes all over the place because right. they're trying to figure out what's happening and then they keep getting kidnapped by this security team right. <laughs> who's also like trying to keep the rich guy um, capped, like mm-hmm. held him captive until they get the money figured out. And and then at the end, it's just some sort of, was there like a chase? There's a few chase yeah. scenes and... Um, yeah, but they eventually send him to prison. Right. The and they were trying to tie it, like, the end, the director was trying to, like, to the stock market crash of that era. Yeah. So it seemed like kind of a reach for that yeah. type of comedy. But, Where yeah. he, um, I think, oh, the twist at the end was that the um, billionaire, played by Steve Coogan, mm-hmm. um, he's so funny, and then he... Um, they were using the New York City Police Pension Fund. Right. So that was one of the funds they were pulling from, mm-hmm. and then it kind of came back. So, yeah, it was a bunch of these different funds. Yeah. And, like, yeah. It would, made no sense. But I don't think people who were going to watch this yeah. movie knew, cared about those financial details. Exactly. So, so. what are of the, um, the one-liners in it, what were the ones that stick out for you? And then uh, what what scenes were the ones that, that really... Oh, I'm really yeah. bad at remembering one line. Okay, then we'll do scenes. We'll do more <laughs> memorable scenes for you. I think, well, the part that always just kind of made me laugh, and you know they, they wrote this in because they could, um, mm-hmm. is that when they reveal 
that Eva Mendez yes. is Will Ferrell's <laughs> character's wife. And then he just he's so rude to her. And yeah. There's a lot of good one liners in those scenes. Like he calls her the plain woman. And, <laughs> you know, take those rags off. And she's like comes to dinner. She's wearing a beautiful dress, yeah. looks perfect and yeah, and then Mark Wahlberg's character is just like asks over and over again. Yeah. Hey, who are you? <laughs> who are you? What are you doing here? And then yeah, so that was real. That that was funny. And then when they go back into um, Will Ferrell's character's whole like pimp background, Gator, his backstory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that 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 was always funny for me. I think because the the main plot is so forgettable. Oh yeah. The like individual character storylines were funny because you know it. They took kind of like a stupid cop story and then they really went over the top with everybody. Yeah, and it was nice to see Michael yeah. Keaton back. Yeah, like, that was a fun little He's TLC funny thing. And he yeah. works at Bed Bath and yeah. Beyond on the <laughs> side, like, yeah, put exactly. his bisexual son through college. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, you remember more one liners yeah. than you think. So. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, just to become a DJ. That's right. <laughs> um, that was what he was paying for. So and, what uh, did you just and you just recently wa- rewatched yeah. it? So this held up okay for you compared to when you yeah, first saw it. Yeah, it still got I think I had the same reaction where I still got, you know, the silly laughs mm-hmm. throughout it and but it was just so dumb. <laughs> like I of of Will Ferrell's oeuvre, yeah. this probably has one of the weaker plots. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Like Anchorman, excellent plot. So if I hadn't asked you to, to appear on the podcast, would you have gone back and watched this? No, I, I, I would. I'm happy I did. Mm-hmm. It, it's free streaming on Crackle right now. There you go. FYI. Yeah. I had to download that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Um just yeah, like the shoot 'em up, like cop movies are never my thing. Right. So I think I I don't remember why I even went to the theaters. I probably went with somebody or mm-hmm. something, well, and yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, I'll go see it. I love, I love those. And it, it was written by Adam McKay, right. too, who was his like long term. They were partners, mm-hmm. so I knew it was like it was. It's a good one, but yeah, will I watch it again anytime soon? Probably not. Right. But. It's not even in your top five, as we found <laughs> no, out. So. No. Yeah. Yeah, I think, too, it was kind of at the end of that, like, that early 2000s. That was, like, it was really a peak, I yeah. think, of of his movies. So that was, like, came out in 2010. Right. But did lead to, I, it was successful enough where him and Wahlberg then teamed yeah. up again for the whole Daddy's Home Yeah. Stuff, so. And I never saw those. Um, they're uh, they're pretty much what you would expect. I think, yeah, because yeah. for me, Mark Wahlberg is not my favorite. Yeah. So I really have no interest in ever watching him act. This is one of his first comedies, though, because usually he was doing more yeah. serious or action. Yeah, yeah, more action. And you're too things. young to remember him as a rapper, so. That's true. <laughs> I know of him as Marky Mark, um, but and the Calvin Klein model. and the and the model, yeah. the modeling, but. Yeah, as an actor, I don't know. Hmm. Any other thoughts about the other guys? The other guys, I think if it, it's a funny one, if you want to waste a couple hours, yeah. it's great. It still held, holds up with the the bizarre kind of just nonsense jokes yeah. and like there's some good, there's some really good um, insult lines mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So. It's funny. The cast is good. Oh yeah, and Adam McKay actually does play the, like the homeless guys that do 
crazy things in his car. Oh, dirty Mike and yeah. the boys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at dirty Mike and the boys. Thank you as always, Samantha. This is Stephen Michael from the Growing Up Rock Podcast. If you're like me and my co-host, Sonny Hollywood Pooney, you grew up loving hard rock and metal music. Check out our podcast where we talk to bands and artists that help create the soundtrack to our lives, along with playing some killer new and old deep tracks of kick-ass guitar-driven rock and roll. Find us wherever you find your podcast to listen to, that's the Growing Up Rock Podcast, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. And feel free to hit us up at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Growing Up Rock. So sit back and crank it up. Hey, this is Brian Davis, and you might know me from the Damn Good Movie Memories Podcast. And now, get ready for the Bad Beat Show on ThatMetalStation.com from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern every Wednesday night. I'm going to play some kick-ass hard rock inspired by the blues, because after all, the foundation of all things rock and metal is, of course, the blues. So join me every Wednesday night for the Bad Beat, because even when you lose, you still win. We are officially on Spotify now, so if you don't use iTunes, if you don't use the Podbean app, you can go to Spotify and get all of our past episodes. You can stream it on there, so if you're a Spotify user, you can go find Damn Good Movie (laughs) I can't even say my own podcast. Damn Good Movie Memories. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. I'm the host, right? Okay, so go to Spotify, look for Damn Good Movie Memories. You can stream all of that stuff, and yeah, so if you don't want to use iTunes, you don't want to use Podbean, you can use Spotify as well. All right, before we sign off, we do have t-shirts are available for sale. All you have to do is go to TeePublic, that's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com, and you can get your very own Damn Good Movie Memories t-shirt. You can get all sizes, any gender, you can get whatever you want just at the tip of your fingers. So just go to TeePublic.com, look up Damn Good Movie Memories, and you can get your very own t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for Damn Good Movie Memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. I am Dr. Fuck. And I'm the actual alcoholic. And we are part of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. And the way you can check us out is we are on iTunes and also Podbeam. And we forgot a review recently. I got this review right here. It says right here, it says, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast 
is the greatest podcast in the world, and it's my number one podcast, signed by Science. Now, and then Science also said... Science! Science also said, my second favorite podcast is It Doesn't Matter, The Rest Suck. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast on iTunes and Poppy. Check it out. Science! Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>